Hey everyone, and welcome to another Overflow Pod in our series on Psalm 23 on the goodness of God. One of the surprising problems in our society is that we don't know how to relax because we are addicted to moving fast. We don't know how to slow down. We got to be moving. Just look at driving. When the light turns green and if the car in front of you doesn't move within a second, you get impatient and wondering what's going on. And it's taking forever, but only one to two seconds have passed. (laughs) Why can't we just slow down? That's actually true of all Americans. Studies have shown that the average American today is sleep deprived. We get two less hours of sleep than we did 50 years ago. We don't know how to relax. We don't know how to rest. We love to work. Job 2018 in the message says they are unable to relax and enjoy anything that they've worked for. That is so true. I want to do a little quiz to see if you are a workaholic. Now, let's be truthful. No cheating. Are you always in a hurry? Is your to-do list always unrealistically long? Do you use days off to catch up on unfinished work? Has more than one person ever told you to just slow down? Do you have a lot of speeding tickets? Do you feel guilty when you relax? You've got so much to do. Do you have to get sick to get time off from work? So you know you're a workaholic when all your Christmas cards come back from business associates. You know you're a workaholic when you head out back to school night and you don't know which one your kid attends. You know you're a workaholic when you leave your cell phone on for texting during church. You know you're a workaholic when you take business-related material into the bathroom. Oh, I hope you don't do that one. We need to pace our growth. We need to pace the speed in which we move through life. We're always in such a hurry. Exodus 23, 29 and 30, this is what God said to the Israelites when they're going into the promised land. And you know they were in a hurry because they've been in the promised land for 40 years. And now they have to deal with all the enemy countries in the promised land. But this is what God says. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. God's saying you need to grow. You need to be strong enough to handle what's ahead of you. And it's going to take some time. It's not going to be instant. Nothing's built in a day. While God is growing your career or whatever else is going on in your life that's important to you, he's growing you. Don't take that out of account. I mean, you have to realize that We grow at a certain pace, and if we try to do things that are faster than our growth, we're going to fail. God considers rest as important as work. (laughs) It's true. Some people think only God smiles on them when they're working or praying or doing spiritual things, but no, God smiles on you while you rest. Did you ever know that? Have you ever been, if you're a parent, you ever go into your kid's room when they're sleeping and watch them sleep? God enjoys actually watching you sleep. Are you busier than God? Exodus 31, 17 says, one day a week will always serve as a reminder that I made in the heavens and the earth in six days. And then on the seventh day, I rest and relaxed. Now, why did God rest and relax on the seventh day? Was it because he was tired? Of course not. God doesn't get tired. He never gets tired, but he was modeling for us what he wanted us to do, to rest and relax, to keep a Sabbath, to have balance and to relax in his goodness. 
Now we're in a series we just started called Living in the Goodness of God, and we're looking at Psalm 23, which actually models for us many ways that a good shepherd takes care of his sheep. He feeds, he leads, he meets their needs, and the ways that God's goodness benefits you, how God wants to take care of you. See, a lot of our worry and a lot of our hurry and a lot of our scurry and a lot of our restlessness comes from not understanding the goodness of God in our lives. And when you understand what God has done for you and what he wants to do for you in the future, you can relax, you can rest, you can learn to let down, you can learn to let go. You can learn as you live in the goodness of God. So Psalm 23, verse 1 and 2, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. These images are actually a metaphor. They represent rest and refreshment. When he makes me lie down in green pastures, that's rest. When he leads me besides quiet waters, that's refreshment. So what's interesting in this passage is it starts off with, he makes me. God makes us rest. Has God ever made you lay down for your own health sake because you wouldn't slow down? And if God and if you won't lay down, God will make you lay down. And sometimes the only way God can get you to look up is to lay you flat on your back with an illness. And God will do that because he's a good shepherd and he cares about your long-term health, your physical, emotional, spiritual, every area of your health. So to give God my best requires rest. If you don't have a rest, then you're going to be stressed. In fact, the difference between being blessed and being stressed is often just rest. Isn't it amazing how things look after a good night's sleep? The Lord is our shepherd. He makes me lie down when I don't even want to. Have you ever seen a kid or child trying to frantically stay awake? You know what I'm talking about. Their eyes are closed, but they're desperately trying to stay awake. And you know, the longer they do that, the harder it is to get them to lie down. Resistance to rest, though, is immaturity. So why do we do it when we know our body needs it, when we know we need it mentally and physically and emotionally? Why do we overwork? Why do we not get enough rest? Well, let me give us five reasons from the Word of God to see if any of these might be causing you not to get the rest you need to not relax like God wants you to in your life. Now, these are just some of the common reasons from the Bible. I'm sure there's more. So number one, the first reason the Bible tells us that people don't relax is this, a misplaced identity basing my worth on my work. So if we base our worth on our work, then the more we work, the better we feel about ourselves. We all fall for this. We confuse our net worth with our self-worth. We confuse our value with our valuables. And you think, if I work real hard, if I succeed at work, then I'm valuable. And if I don't work, if I don't produce, if I'm not productive, then I'm not valuable. It's a total lie. It's a myth. In Western culture, our identity often revolves around our work. So we overwork in an attempt to prove ourselves. If I achieve a lot, then I must be worth a lot. I must be valuable. I must be important. I must be significant. And that's really what the world teaches. But your significance has nothing to do with your job or your career or your achievements. Ecclesiastes 10.15 says, Only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. Wow. We need to hear that. Only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out from work. He says, Life is more than work. 
I mean, it's important, but your life is far more than that. It's just a portion of your life. When we have misplaced identity, we think our worth is based on our work. Then we're going to put all of our time, our money, our energy, and our effort into work. Now, I learned this the hard way. When I left my full-time pastor position many years ago to be a stay-at-home dad, to take care of my kids, I had no idea how much my worth as a person was wrapped up in my job. I spent years immediately following my resignation feeling terrible about this. I see it constantly in people's eyes as they view me as less than a man since I'm at home with my kids. But my identity is not based on my occupation, but in my identity in relation to Jesus. Because I accepted him as my savior and trust him to forgive all my sins, I entered into his family as his child. So now I don't view myself as I am Matt, a pastor of God, but rather I am Matt, a child of God. Now I, I work to take care of my kids. That's my really my main occupation. Then I, was, then I turned into a part-time pastor, but I still view myself as a child of God. My identity is not my occupation. But before I switched occupations, I can honestly say that my identity was completely based on my occupation, and it had drastic effects on my life. If I performed bad at my occupation of being a pastor, if I did a bad sermon, or if I didn't relate to somebody well, or if I had, I, I was miserable. And when I performed well, I was overly happy, probably a little too much. And it led to many stressful days. Instead of resting in my identity as a child of God and trusting that Jesus is my shepherd and he is in control, I worried over my performance because my worth was wrapped up in my job. I don't think we see how much we identify as our job, whether it's good or bad. I mean, a lot of people say, man, I had a great job. But you know what? When you view it as your worth, it's not a good thing. And you tend to get too stressed over it and you don't rest and relax in God's arms. Second reason people don't relax, materialism. We always want more. We have more things. So we have to get more money. And when I've got more money, I've got to work harder and longer hours. But the Bible says, don't do this. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5 says, do not wear yourself out trying to get rich. Have the wisdom to show some restraint. Your money can be gone in a flash as if it had grown wings and flown away like an eagle. I love that paraphrase. You can lose your money. Don't spend all your life trying to get something you could lose so quickly. Here's the ironic thing about this. And I've only realized this because I'm old enough to be in the second half of this. We spend the first half of our life sacrificing our health, overworking in order to get wealth. We spend the second half of our life sacrificing our wealth in order to get our health back. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Isn't that ridiculous? The first half of your life, you give up your health to overwork to get wealth. But in the second half, you'll spend every dime you have to get healthy again. This isn't wise. Always wanting more. Luke 12, 15 says, watch out. Always be on your guard against all kinds of greed because your life is not defined by how much you make or how many things you own. Materialism, just like misplaced identity, causes us to overwork. Third, envy. Wanting to be like other people. I'm trying to keep up with the neighbors. I'm trying to keep up with everybody else that will cause me to do things that I don't really have time to do. I'm too busy trying to keep up with others. 
Their kids have dance lessons, so I'm going to get dance lessons for my kids. Their kids are involved in these five extracurricular events. Well, now my kids are involved. My girlfriend or boyfriend is on social media all the time, so I better be on social media all the time. We do things we don't need to do because other people are doing them. Solomon noticed this problem of envy literally thousands of years ago in Ecclesiastes 4.4. He says, I've learned why people work so hard, why they work so hard to succeed. It is because they envy the things their neighbors have. I want to be like them. I want to do what they do. I want to go where they go. The grass is not greener over there. You may think that, but they may be under more stress than you. So make sure you're following the right model. Fourth reason, we value achievement over relationships. We all know people who walked away from marriages because of their career, or they walked away from being a good parent, or just being a good friend because the career was more important, the work was more important. When goals are more important than people in our lives, or you're skating on thin ice. Ecclesiastes 4, 7, and 9. Remember, Solomon's the wisest man who ever lived. He writes this. Here's another thing that I've seen on the earth that makes no sense. Some people don't have any kids or family or even friends. In other words, no relationships. Yet they work obsessively, never taking a break. There's no end to their toil, and they're never content with what they've done or earned. They never ask, why am I always working to do more? Why don't I let myself enjoy life? Who will get what I leave behind? <laughs> Think about it. You don't have any relationships and you have this big pile of money and you amass all these accomplishments and achievements. And what happens? And he continues, what a senseless and miserable way to live. You're better off having someone to enjoy and share the rewards of your work. See, when we value achievements more than relationships, God didn't put you on earth or mark things off your to-do list. He put you here to learn how to love. He says it over and over in the Bible. We're here to learn to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to learn to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what matters. Not how many accomplishments I have in life. Not how many achievements I check off in life. Not how many goals I reach in life. When you get to heaven, God isn't going to say, tell me about your goals and how you reach them. He isn't going to say that. He's going to say, tell me about your relationships. Did you get to know me, my son, Jesus? Did you love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? How about other people? How did you score in relationships with other people? Because you can get home runs all day and strike out in relationships. And God says, wrong answer. You missed it. I didn't put you on this earth to simply make money and accomplish goals and to make your company prosper. I put you on earth to learn to love. And if you can't learn to love, if you don't have any deep relationships, then you're going to fail. That's why we don't relax. Because we misplace our identity. We base ourselves on our work. So we pour energy into that. We want more. We want materialism. So we got to make more. So we have to work more. Or envy. We want to be... We want to be what other people are like, or we want to have what they like. We want to live their lifestyle so we get stressed out. Or we value achievement over relationships and we say, why am I doing this? They never ask why I'm always working to do more. Why don't I let myself enjoy life? And who cares? Who's going to get what's left behind anyway? Life is too short. People always tell you as a parent, treasure every moment with your kids. And it's so true because we take it for granted. But the better statement is treasure every day of your life because before you know it, you, you're, your back's not going to work right. You're not going to be able to run like you used to. 
You're not going to be able to do the things that you were. You're not going to be able to enjoy a good night's sleep because you're waking up to go to the bathroom. That's what happens as you get older. Enjoy every moment. And fifth, insecurity. I'm afraid I won't have enough. How much is enough? Whatever number you come up with, when you hit that number, you're going to be like, I need a little bit more. It never stops. Ecclesiastes 6-7 in the message says, we work to feed our appetites, but meanwhile, our souls go hungry. Wow. So we work to get ourselves enough physically, materially, but we end up giving up our spiritual death in order to get it. We work to feed our appetites, but meanwhile, our souls go hungry. Psalm 127.2 says in the Living Bible, it is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing and worrying that you won't have enough for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rests. So where are you? Are you able to relax? Or do you resonate with these five reasons? Maybe one of them is really pressing on you. Why we struggle to relax. If you do, it's okay. Because I have to constantly remind myself to relax. The first thing you got to do is say, you say, you know what? I admit, I struggle with this. I'm always moving. I have all these people and all this pressure on me to do these things where I'm always moving. I'm not resting. So I need those still waters to restore my soul. And that's the first step to admit. And once you do that, God's going to work in your life to help you rest and relax. So how do we practically do that? How do we relax? How do I live a more sane life, a more balanced life, a less stressed and more blessed life instead of living a restless life? How in the world do I live a rest-filled life? Well, let me show you the antidotes to all five of these reasons because God in his word gives us the antidote to every one of these causes. So let's look at the solution. If you want to get out of the rat race, if you want to relax in God's goodness, if you want to have a more rest-filled life, regardless of the way it's been in the past, what do you do? Well, <laughs> I'm going to have to stop here. I'm sorry. I'm leaving you on a cliff because we're running out of time. I'll have to do this in the next pod where we will look at the five solutions to these five issues of our not being able to rest and learn how to relax. So that'll be in the next pod. And I hope this somewhat encouraged you that we can find rest and God bless. And I'll see you then.